We are not heroes, nor are we villains. Neither kings nor magicians, but we can tell you their stories. We are the Lore Keepers, and we welcome you to Halloween. Welcome. Oh, wow. Yeah. Welcome to Halime. This is Lorekeepers, the Boundless Venture, the world-renowned podcasting open, wherein the richest tapestry of lore in human history is sung into being before your very ear holes. I'm Carter. Have you ever watched The Flash? I have, Frank. <laughs> Hi, I'm Frank. Whether you watch The Flash... Burn steals you up the carrion throne, or torment yourself with the arrow. <laughs> Sit oh a while God. by our fire, ho ho ho, weary wanderer, and let us weave you a tale. This half fortnight, we're talking about a fan question. Frank, take it away. Yeah. Uh, before I do that, I was gonna say uh, the whole the, the the Flash thing. There's um a character I cannot remember his name or his last name, but it's Harry. He's like the brilliant scientist. Truman? Everyone's a brilliant scientist in that fucking show. Um, no, he's the he, he's not Harry Truman. <laughs> he's the guy who did the particle accelerator, and he's like he's basically responsible for the Flash having his powers. When he was struck by a radioactive lightning bolt. Yes. Well, kind of. It's dark matter, I think. Or I think a dark matter explosion caused a lightning storm that then shocked the Flash and gave him his power. Something like that. Yeah. Also, there was chemicals involved because he's a, he was in a, a CSI lab. Um, yeah, I think he you know he was with yeah. the turtles when they when they had the chemical spill. It gave them their Basically. powers. It also Dude, blinded. It's um, fucking ridiculous. Daredevil. The most recent seasons, though, are so much better than the old stuff. Uh, uh, the, no, I should say season four of the Flash, Supergirl, Arrow, and um, and season four of, of tomorrow. All of them? Yeah, they're actually pretty good. I think that they just probably swap me writers, dude. Like I have to imagine. Fuck, somebody got excited by us just like jumping directly into the content. And then, of course, I'm like, no, 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 we're not just going straight down the road to our destination. Let me just really quick just swerve into a ditch. Ever talked to you about the Arrowverse? Oh, the reason I brought that up in the first place was that your intro sounded made me think of Harry. I don't know why, but it like totally gave me Harry vibes. Um (laughs) Right. Harrison Wells, that's his name. He goes by, he doesn't go by Harry. That's what, uh, there's, there's HR sometimes, depending on who you're talking to. Anyways, um, fuck man. Wow. K 
can't can't have nice things. Nope. Can't have nice things. Nope. What Carter was what was referring to um, all those years ago. What Carter was referring to was a. So so this is this was last week. We answered some of the questions from Gonzo Black Panda. Thank you, Gonzo Black Panda, on the uh, the Lorekeeper subreddit uh, about. They had a bunch of different questions. And some of them we figured we'd answer a little bit more quickly um, since uh, they they were kind of an asked and answered situation. I'll just read what they say. Um, they said, here's 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 Gonzo Black Panda. My other big question is dealing with the massive battle against the Riven for the ninth spire in uh, in Avum Cordis. What famous heroes and villains were present at the battle? Were the whispers of the nameless or the seventh member of the choir of mutes involved in some way, as it seems like this was a big play to spread the power or bring back the nameless one? What en- what ended up going horribly wrong? Does the sliver of evil stuck in the spire from the uh, from the weapon that was carried during the battle mean that over time the nameless one could fully corrupt the spire? And what would the fallout of that be? So there's a lot going on here, and we have never really given it we gave it some attention, and Carter, you definitely took the lead on a lot of this. You're, the idea of a, a, a spire even being corrupted in the first place, which I think I think might have been you. That was me. There'll be a lot to address here. I, I'm going to say right out front that we should probably keep it focused on the the battle. So if we do kind of get into the weeds a little bit with what's going on in Avon Cordis, and I know that we last time we left off talking about Avon Cordis. There was some questions as to was this was that the responsibility of the Dingier for coming out of their time, out of their appointed time? Or was it the, you know, shard of evil um, from, you know, that that meant that peace couldn't happen? And I think we maybe even came up with a different solution that had to do with what was going on with the uh, the the artifact. So there's a lot of different things at play here, but really to answer, to answer, just to start to answer Gonzo Black Panda's uh, question, I think first we need to acknowledge that there's also some time warpiness in terms of when, I don't know, the distance of since we last really like litigated and talked about this of like, when did this actually happen? Because it affects Avon Cordis, but it might be that it actually began in Avum Secunda right at the end? So this is what I remember about what happened here. And this is, I'm particularly, there have been battles over spires in a, in a few cases. The one in which the Spire of Peace, which was in the capital of the Sanguine Empire, the, the one in which the Spire of Peace was corrupted, was stabbed with the shard by the great uh, Riven Chieftain. Mm-hmm. Um, by this, you know, shard of unreality. Um, when all that happened, that was in response to the creation of the the second spire, which is the spire of peace. It, it's second in order of creation. Yes, because the first one was the spire of, of creativity. Yeah, when they say the ninth spire, they just mean that it's the spire that's associated with the nine flow of peace, which is traditionally seen as sort of like the ninth of the nine flow yeah so that's i'm just making that clear it's the second technically yeah, in yeah. order of creation no, but great. obviously it's the ninth spire in order of mm-hmm. nine flows i think the first the first one created was creativity right yes creativity because yeah. muse came down in the avatar form at that city right. of the gnomes i always forget the name of mm-hmm. obariska obariska yeah so this is um a, a big period of development history where um fighting Riven was what you did. And yes. this kind of saw a lot of Riven activity because they were agitated by the return of magic in its slow form prior to the start of Avon Tertius. Because this is like right on the edge of Avon Secunda ending and Avon Tertius beginning. Right. Also, a uh, little, little uh, uh, footnote here what the group of beings known as the Riven is depends, like, is constituted by ancestries depending on when you're looking at in history. So at the time, 
there were orcs um, and there were goblins, which are traditionally seen as sort of the big two. But also the dragonborn had been running kind of like helter skelter after the Drakenfall and the, the war of the dragons um, without souls for the better part of almost the entirety of Avum Secunda until the metallic sacrifice their their Skarl soul, which, oh my gosh, I'm just going to have to drop a lot of episode references here. I can't yeah, explain all of that right now. Can. We have places to go and things to see. Um, but like basically the dragonborn for a large part of Avum Secunda were seen as part of the Riven. So even though when we get to the end of the era and the metallics are actually like providing for them, they were probably also seen as part of that group, even though like they hadn't been participating in that kind of activity for a long time. Yeah, it's it's um, because it'd been so deeply ingrained where like they had been shunned by by all other societies yeah. for like freaking forever. Yeah, which which caught, which means that they may not have been present at the battle in particular mm -hmm. because this was kind of uh, riven, agitated by the spire, led and controlled by the void wraiths, and most likely to in answering the question, uh, I'm sure the whispers of the nameless are here. Yeah, I mean, hell, you could have had some shucked uh, uh, dwarves or like, you know, some of the metallic dwarves, because at the time they were the alloy dwarves. Yeah. Uh, some of them who no longer, you know, basically early Duragar yeah. could have been part of that group. There could Absolutely. have been um, some outcast halflings. Yes. Um, because because the thing that uh, just because it's been forever, the thing. Correct me if I'm wrong here. The thing that was drawing them was specifically that it was magical energy is almost like inherently attractive to the soul and the soul is drawn towards it like a moth to a flame in a world where there is no magic right and like avum secunda without magic like the thing that's being you know whether to destroy it or to absorb it or take it into yourself or whatever like it is this uh, uh attracting uh, this attractor force that that from like hundreds of miles around the riven would focus on oberiska so it's actually yeah. twofold for someone who okay. has a soul it is attractive. For someone who doesn't, it is painful. Oh, it's repulsive, and yes. they want to destroy it. They hate it yes. and fear it. Yeah. And so this is, this is why there is a little bit of a lull in the creation where Riven activity probably got a little bit down as they fled from it, but then they started mm -hmm. to gang together because they're not dumb. The Riven yeah. are not dumb. Yes. They're, if anything, this was kind of the time of the Riven more so than any other point because... All of the, you know, all of the sold creatures, the no, what were known as the knowing, are like kind of like husks without any sort of nourishment or whatever. They're not really able to operate on any functional level. Like the vampires are controlling the majority of of creatures known as knowing. Like the Riven, I mean, if anything, this is kind of their like their their heyday. Um, also, because that was the last time that they could be on the surface of the world. Yes. You know, before having to be burrowed underneath or basically go nuts. This is why this battle is climactic. Shit, you're right. This yeah, because they're fighting for their world, whether they know it or not. They're fighting for, for the surface world. Yeah, and this is kind of the... Um, the real, like, um, a test for how strong the Sanguine Empire is. And they, they, mm -hmm. they went out, you know. While mm -hmm. the Spire is, is stabbed by this great chieftain. The chieftain mm -hmm. is killed by, um, in the answer of the, the great villains and the great um, heroes, we do have uh, what is called the first of the greatest. So the first and greatest is typically referred to in the elven culture as the first and greatest hero, Aquila, who I believe Aquila, is right. a woman or a, a elf, elva? Elva, yeah, no, she's an elva. Really quick, because I know you're getting excited here. Yes. I realized I, I realized that we were just kind of going for it without really doing a little bit of the catch up. We, we laid some foundations of like yeah. what's going on in Avum Secunda. We think we're pretty sure that this was happening during Avum Secunda and that it was festering f until yes. the end of Avum Tertius when it finally like triggers and, mm -hmm. and, and corrupts the spire entirely. And that's what you're just referring to, a little... to the unreality shard that was in this battle was stabbed yes. into it. Yeah. Yes, I think that we should probably just lay a little bit more groundwork and just do an overview of what is happening here. Yes. So, okay, the Spire of Peace gets created. Yes. Now, um, by the nose from Oberisco. Who, uh, for those who need a reminder, Oberisco was this bastion. Um, the angels and the gnomes got together, figured out some magical stuff, 
uh, to bring magic to the world, uh, back to the world of Halame. When they do, it immediately changes everything forever. The dwarves become, you know, sort of, they, they also are allied with this. Um, and a lot of people find refuge there. The Sanguine Empire sees this, and for eons at this point, for countless years, they have built a completely like locked down dictatorial um, imperialism of the vampire ruling class drawing blood and using specifically like sanguine magic from uh, uh, from you know sort of like human cattle uh, because they needed magic they needed to have magic to to have even a shard of a soul and this was how they were acquiring it was basically like sucking the souls out of of humanity they see the the tower go up they say oh shit they brought one of like the ley line you know one of the ley line spires the power is back we want that too so they go to the gnomes, they say, hey, you know, uh, uh, you're going to do this for us. You know, you can't stop us. We're an indomitable force. And uh, Tiri Rowe, Rockwood Administeri, the, the gnome who initially figured out how to do this, uh, she decides for whatever reasons, we, you know, we could, we could kind of explore that someday. I, I think personally my headcanon is that like, she had some visions or something that Muse had some great plan that she shared with her saying like, hey, you are going to build nine of these. Uh, or, or your plans are going to, you know, you're going to be sort of the mother of, of, of the ley line spires. And so she agrees to it. She says, all right, I'll build you guys a tower. They go back to the heart of the Sanguine Empire's, uh, you know, the seat of the throne and everything. And in that city, or maybe just outside of it or something, that's where they start to build this ley line spire. And because each of the Leyline Spires is specifically tuned to one ninth of the Nine Flow, one of the abstracts, she tunes it to peace in the hopes that it will be sort of like a a wry solution slash maybe calling a curse down almost on the Empire, the Sanguine Empire, saying, I will calm their hearts, I will make them less bloodthirsty, where they no longer, like, as, as more passive of creatures, they will no longer desire to, like, rule over these people i think that's really worth calling out as like what does that mean that this battle looks like then if the people are being inundated by the the like this like this desire for peace i don't know what do you think carter like as you're you're are you a pacifist um i am a uh a pragmatist pacifist yeah one i'm i'm someone who thinks that violence is an option but only when all other options are exhausted sure i feel like that's maybe the approach that we could have to kind of because they're not the nine the the nine ley line spires do have an incredibly powerful effect on their nearby environment but i want to i want to ask like the question of does that take time to 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 get seated does it take like a full generation or two uh before somebody is fully affected um you know can people still act out of their like i feel like it almost would convert your disposition and temperament to to almost match it because it's just so powerful so i i don't think we've stopped being vampires yet yeah so i think that there's it's not the only source it's the most powerful source and it has a profound effect but they still have the other abstracts through terrible sanguine magic true yes yes that's actually a really good point it's like the english longbowmen they're very lopsided because <laughs> they're like super fucking hench and like one side of their body uh-huh sure yeah. okay all right i like that um is that actually true i feel like if you're holding a bow like you require to hold in order to hold both ends away from yourself or from away from each other, you'd need both arms to be as strong. I know. I think. I think one of the one that drew back, and it wasn't just the arm. It was. Oh, like the you, maybe you lock it. Yeah, maybe you lock everything in place. Yeah, and I think it was basically this, and it was just like mm-hmm. they were just like fucking buff on one side of their body because that you know it's not just about your arm; it's about your chest muscles. Uh huh. And oh yeah, no, I mean pecs and trapezius like. 
here and here is like a, is most of what's going on there. Yeah, yeah, it's like when you're doing a dumbbell row or whatever, you're working out the complexes within your upper body far more than your arms themselves. Exactly. So that's what um, I mean. They're like literally, they were like slightly lopsided. Sure. Yeah. Okay. The English um, but I think we can talk about the ba- the battle proper now. Um, <laughs> so yes, I think you're right that there's probably some lopsidedness. Also, they were resisting the effects of it, especially because. Um, the cultural implications hadn't been fully seated yet. The, the the Empress would soon outlaw blood magic and vampirism, which would cause a huge schism and start to collapse the Sanguine Empire yeah, because soon you know, in elven most of the noble lords actually are just too rooted in that. Sorry, what? That's soon in elven language, so in like 2,000 years. Well, yeah, I mean... Yeah, I think, yeah, I don't think she outlaws it right away. You're right. Even if I had thought that she had, I don't think that that would make sense as an elf. She probably would transition towards that, yeah, over the course of hundreds of years because... Yeah, we're at least 100 years away, uh, you know, several hundred years away from that. So yeah, blood magic is... I like that. That actually adds another, like, complex and dimension there uh, that I don't think was really present before is that, yes, we do have... The nine, the leyline spire of peace, and it's actually the the people that it's the most affecting is the humans, yeah. Who all of a sudden actually become maybe more docile. Shit, yep. <laughs> fuck, that's not great. Uh, Terry, uh, you kind of kind of worked against you there. Yeah, they become more docile, and if anything, their souls are filling up all the time and it actually just makes the vampires more powerful for a while. Holy shit. Probably. I hadn't thought about that. Like really powerful. Cause all of a sudden now they have all these docile cattle and they're like, man, our cattle sucked for a while. Now we can suck them dry. Like every fucking day. Shit, dude, there would definitely be like blood orgies. Like they're going crazy. Now those vampires are, they're high having a ball. They're having a fucking ball. I had not thought about it that way. I think that's like this. Might, dude, you know what? This here might be okay. the height of the empire. That's the height. Yes. The height of the Sanguine Empire is actually the begin, like after shortly after the beginning of Avum Tertius. Because they just raise and raise and raise in power. I think when the Riven come, I'm imagining that the skies above i don't know if we had a name for the 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 like the empress's city we don't know um, where it is we don't we also don't really know where it is i mean it's one you, of the you spire actually locations. can plot the where it's wherever the spire the peace spire is located it's it's yes it's uh <laughs> i think that their magic their magic comes back in such full force that they are and they don't know how to handle it. That's, the, I think, that part of the thing is they're literally, like, drunk on magic where it's chaotic. Uh, I think that it literally creates, like, creates like a miasmic storm um, where dark, heavy clouds are now always overhead of, like, within 100 miles of the Empire, uh, this, like, this central city because, because they can and because almost because they can't help it. Like, they're literally just drawing so much power into themselves that they're just there's just cast off magical effects happening constantly because this is also the time of the whelming too which is when magical is the most powerful that it's ever been well this is this is probably right before the whelming because this you know right true yeah this stuff takes time to to, to set in yeah and there's well. no, there's only two spires around this point yes maybe there's that's true on a third but that's actually super important that the whelming um uh magic didn't really like the floodgates didn't truly open until okay that actually helps yeah the the floodgates didn't truly open until the last ninth spire was coming in because balance of the wholeness of the the nine flow was actually really important for those gates to come open so like i can imagine it's almost like the the heavens themselves are like pent up and like the doors of the heavens are like bursting at the seams ready to to release but until that final tower is built they don't actually open up this is like a um You've got your the ho- the water hose in your hand, and you put your mm-hmm. thumb on it, and it gets much higher pressure. Yeah, but less comes out. That's kind of what's going on. Yeah, that's a, that's actually a good way of of describing it, because you're diverting the flow. Yeah, all of a sudden there's this new uh, way that the, that the, the the mana would be flowing. 
Um, also, another thing worth noting, God, I know we're still doing foundational stuff, but <laughs> <laughs> which means maybe we extend it a little past 610, but uh, if we need to. I think that the... Yeah, it does actually, it does mean then that the burst of magic that they have, I think that these dark clouds and shit is still happening because it's still a an ocean of magic in comparison to like the 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 desert cisterns that they had had to deal with essentially before but it's still like a ton and it's still enough where they don't they don't have much control over themselves or how they like how they're acting and stuff Okay, all right. I feel like that's a pretty good gist of. I'm just imagining they're literally in the middle of like a, a, a nigh unending celebration. When, dude, I'm imagining that, like, we can go anime levels of overboard here, yeah. where literally like the fields just darken with bodies, and it's across the horizon. Like, I'm just imagining like I didn't even know there was this many creatures in the world. Yeah, so, I'm imagining like that level of activity. So let's let's get back to the question for a little bit. So the question yeah. is, what famous heroes and villains were present? Yep. Uh, were the the whispers of the nameless there? Uh, was tears involved? Um, mm-hmm. What ended up going horribly wrong? And does the sliver of evil or unreality stuck in the spire from the weapon? mean that over time the nameless one could fully corrupt the spire and that what would the fallout of that corruption be so those are what we need to cover question for you Mm -hmm. oh man there's so many different things going on here yeah uh instead of trying to focus on any one of them i'll ask you the bigger question do you think that the forces of the hells were involved the absentium and if i mean i guess the starter question is did people have contact with the absentium during uh avum secunda i don't remember where we landed on this i kind of like the idea of like devils and devil worship being a thing yes but i don't know if it necessarily was getting much response i do like the idea of it being uneven you know you get some of those like warhammer not 40k vibes from it of like you know chaos being a presence as a god that like it's up to just the, like mortal creatures to have, to fight against. Yes, um, I would say that there was some demonic and devil devilian activity in Avon mm-hmm. Secunda. Uh, I don't think there were actual fiends in this fight. I think Tears' okay. involvement was merely in maybe some background manipulation and mm-hmm. helping the Void Wraiths. Okay. Yes. Yes, I, I, especially because Tyr is, is plotting and creating ploys. And that's the thing, it, it, just as a refresher, um, there will be a, a reference in the podcast description for the episode where we talk about Tyrus more. But um, the, the, I think that we called him the Marrow King at one point. Yep, because of the Osteos uh, connection. Yes, uh, they are the, the, the god of Osteos, or the god that dwells within Osteos, the regent. Uh, Don't be the regent. The mute, yeah, the mute uh, that um, resides within osteos yeah i actually had a thought here maybe the reason why the sanguine empire went essentially unmatched for so long was it was the reaction to hellish powers and they're like the only way that we can defeat them is by having like an iron-fisted response where like we rule with authoritarian power to prevent the destruction. I mean, really, yeah. like drawing actual 40k vibes here. I, I will like, say it's it's like it's like the carrion, you know, the the carrion lord. Uh, we do know that some humans had made packs with True. with yep. fiends in order to become tieflings in order to gain power yep. to fight the elves. Yep. So yeah. Yep. So like literally, some people seeing this as you might be trying to stop them from world domination or destroying all of us to the, to the last man. I'm going to go to the other side and make a pact with them to destroy you because you say that they're the threat. And yet for generations, all my people have ever known is destruction by your hands by, and by no fiend. We have never even seen a fiend before that kind of thing. Yeah, totally. Okay. So 
Yeah, so you're saying you don't think that there were fiends. I'm cool with that. I, I'm, I'm cool I don't think we're seeing like bone devils or, or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we are seeing a lot of, we're just, we're seeing, I don't know if we're going to say every Riven, but I'm, I'm going to say like, maybe in this hemisphere. Yeah, we're seeing. Like, maybe they've been gathering forces for, maybe this was actually known to, to happen and that they were holding back and, and there was almost like a tactical stuff from some of the, those who were leading this, this frenzy to the point where just the forces would be so powerful that no amount of vampiric uh, control could uh, could hope to to stop it. Yeah. So this. So then I want to bring some some several things here. I don't think. I think we have maybe four void wraiths present, but I don't think they're fighting. I think they've done. Okay. I think they've run set up. I think they. I think they're directing. Yes. Exactly. They're in the sky doing the for the horde. You know, Sylvanas shit, where they're like calling shit down. Although I guess she's still involved. But you know what I mean. Like it's it's she's she's the banshee queen or whatever. She's more about directing forces than she is being directly involved yeah. in the fight. I do not think the Void Wraiths are fighting. And I think a part of that is they want uh, their champion, this Riven, wielding the unreality, mm-hmm. to go kind of a little bit under the radar. Because mm-hmm. if they were to run in themselves, every elf would be like, there's a target. <laughs> I'm kind of seeing it. It's a situation where, oh, sorry. Um, I'm kind of seeing it as a situation where the whispers are using their dark power to create as much of a protective shield around them or like warping reality as needed, creating shadowlings to like fight for them yeah. or whatever. Like they're using their power to support the champion and make sure, ensure that the champion. I mean, what if it's an infinity gauntlet situation? How do you mean? This is this could be a different way of doing it, but what if it's a it's a if it's a uh, uh, um, a tag team situation where you have the baton and the champion is just whoever they are who is currently holding the shard and they're trying to just make sure that the shard gets it there however it needs to, and so the whispers are like manipulating individual nameless grunts and orcs, and it doesn't matter if they kill this one champion. Maybe they become recognized as the champion because they happen to be the orc captain or whatever who had the shard yeah. as they reached the, the, the ley line spire and infected I'm it. I'm good with that. Yeah, instead of it being like it was foretold or like we will imbue all our power in this one individual because yeah. then you're just painting a big old target That's true. when the true battle that the Whispers care about is this small, just a single dagger, essentially. That yeah. one person, as long as one person is holding the dagger, it doesn't matter how many of the Riven die because their their victory will still, they're measuring their victory out in, you know, thousands of years, not in, you know, they're, they're playing for the end game. Yeah, Void Racer, again, they're not really in reality slash time the same way mm-hmm. beings right. that are real exist in time. Yeah, they're kind of the absence of a being. Yeah. Huh, I hadn't really thought about it before. Yes, yeah, Yeah, you're right. You're totally right. So I think Um, that the fact that there are four here is like a big deal. You know, obviously there there are seven of them. But, Mm -hmm. or did we say that there are nine? I forget. But in any case. Remember the nine? Yes. What if their origins... Aquila might be the first one of nine. What if they're... I was going to say, like, what if they're cultural origins because they were like elected or picked by each of the each of the regions yes what if there's almost like these predecessors where there is a story that is told um that maybe even gives them the idea or something of nine elven warriors vampiric warriors who were fighting to stop the riven problematic origins yeah oh super problematic i mean i like it because it's 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 doing both things where it's like these things are out to destroy peace and like completely wipe out all of civilization. But also the people that you're fighting, you're, you're supporting or whatever are literal vampires who have been on a blood orgy you know, streak. Not, not for just literal vampires, years. literal vampire slavers. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, man. And probably some of the most powerful 
of those like like the the matrons and patrons of broods because they would be the ones with the most power uh magically and also like you know would be running you know some of the greatest most powerful houses man you want to talk about grimdark this is that's grimdark right there is you the people that you're rooting for to succeed are like yeah they're awful they're they're literally slavers i so i'm just gonna i'm gonna pose this as a counterpoint to that uh, what if the origin of the nine were at when each spire was founded, there was a kind of crisis, not always a battle. Mm-hmm. And there was a, a hero or heroine who came um, to meet the challenge. For example, uh, the first of the nine of the um, of all the nine might have been Tiri. Mm-hmm. And then the second might have been Aquila. You know what? Tiri and Aquila both fought. Yes, I like that idea. Okay, yeah, thought too. Because here's 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 what I, what I was trying to say with that was I don't think that the nine were like, hey, these vampires sure were great. It would be great to have some more people like them to to protect us from chaos and from the Riven. Chaos. Did you see the Final Fantasy shit from E three? I didn't. Do you know that meme? Oh, oh my god! No, dude. I did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna kill chaos. <laughs> Like I love my that, fancy jersey. I love that adult fan, uh, Final Fantasy is dude in a in a button up polo and fucking no, jack no. boots. It's it's a and, it's a Henley. It's or a it's a Henley. You're right. Yeah, yeah. In a Henley and like just destroying like a person's brain and causing it to explode in a pot, puddle, like an explosion of blood. It's ridiculous. I'm a big fan of Henleys, so I respect the. Yeah. Oh, I like I, I really. I I wish you would have been wearing like jorts. Be like. I need to kill some fucking chaos. <laughs> so fucking dumb and bad. Love it. Also, he just looks like angry old Eminem. He does. Uh, okay. But so what I was going to say was that not, not that they were, the nine were drawing their origin saying, hey, we should be like them, but more like it became this cultural story, almost like a monomythic thing yeah. where nine will rise. And this is the first time that nine rise. And like nine rise to protect a spire here or nine rise to save this kingdom or nine rise to go and uh, bring this high priest back or whatever. And and that there's sort of just this story that gets told, you know, over and over. And that. When the champions are chosen of the nine at the Council of Nine or whatever we called it maybe there's just sort of that meta narrative that's going on there is culturally that has existed and kind of started as the Ur example with these problematic individuals and gets reinterpreted throughout history depending on you know are they the greatest heroes ever or whatever and it despite the fact that these are you know the nine become chosen by the gods they're still mortals they're like kind of mortal or they're mostly mortal and they'd be hard-pressed to not make the comparison themselves because they're, you know, because they're mortals and they see these, the first heroes. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I totally see. Also, they don't all have to be evil. I think Tyri is there. I think maybe six or, you know, five or six of them are these like elven blood Lords. But, um, I think, I think Aquila, so the, the, how I framed her before is that she was a foot soldier who noticed what was happening. And like mm-hmm. tracked the champion down, and fought them. Mm. And w- oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. And the whole thing could, I like that. Yeah, the whole thing could be that they were you know incredibly powerful because of you know they were a vampire and all this stuff. But she, you know, the Aquila just had faster mastery of her power than others, and so it wasn't that she was more powerful than the Broodlord; she could control herself better. What if? What if there's something to be said where Aquila? Okay, I had a thought. Mm-hmm. What if the story that is told, maybe it's true, maybe not, but is that Muse was present at the battle, manifest as Tiri or like embodied in Tiri? Like, you know, people go back and forth as to whether that's literally true or, you know, yes. like, you know, that or just narratively true where it's like she is the embodiment of creativity. Yeah, or two, yeah, two or, years divinely inspired or was she merely? Yes. And it because it has to do with interpretations of religious texts uh-huh. from that time um, that get written as a record of the battle. 
Um, some of the first texts for the Styric Mythi. Maybe that's the birth of the Styric Mythi, which is the uh, the the if you remember, it's like the accounting of all the battles through time that. Yeah, it would not surprise me if this was like the battle it started. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking is like the first of the record uh, uh, of the Styric Mythi happens with this. That could be really cool. Um, but also, I think what if Pasha, the I can't remember if it's God or Goddess of Peace, was also present. Regent is a neutral term. <laughs> or yeah, you're, you're right. Regent. Sorry. Uh, the Regent of Peace is also present. And maybe it's in aquila yeah i don't know and that I is mean, i think that that could be really cool and also totally like sub sub subverts what you traditionally think of as like the great warrior that saves the battle because i think she probably still did fight but also i could see it as like it's only through the serenity the inner serenity that she carried with her or something maybe she was one of the first like acolytes of the Peace Tower abandoning her vampiric ways Maybe, or something. Yeah. She was a great lady within the house or something, or like the, you know, would one day inherit, you know, all of her house's wealth or something and forsook all of that to become a foot soldier to say, no, I will stand and guard and, 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 and draw on this peace because it is different. And it is, you know, I will not own slaves or something like that. And it is only through that serenity in the midst of this battle that she was able to pick up the, the dagger being passed hand to hand. Yes. And yes, I do think so that she fights that champion. Yeah, and because because a part of being peaceful is fighting to preserve. Yes, exactly. It's the old. It's the thing that in the cinematic. To to have peace, you must be willing f- to fight for it or something. It's the thing battle for Azeroth or yeah. whatever that uh, King Tyrion says uh, in his letter to to his son Arthas or no, not Arthas, um, Anduin. Barthus, Marthus, yeah. Parthus. Okay, I had a couple other. Qu- we, I know we're we're getting along in, uh, yeah, right, in time here. Um, I have a great uh, lore bit. Okay, yes, we should do lore bits really soon. I did have a, a a couple of questions that I think we should round this out with. Um, one, do you think that the angels were present in any way, shape, or form? Like, I'm imagining Obariska was a long ways yeah, away. I don't think they were. I think okay. this kind of came out of nowhere. Okay. Oh, do you think it was like maybe like they were building forces nearby, but they didn't know that they were building forces nearby and that this is what Aquila like discovered, ran and gave them the time to prepare because maybe they were underground or something? Um, <gasps> go for it. I, I, I think I might have a solution. Uh, um, they were in Osteos. Oh, there you go. The forces were gathering in the bones of the world. There's the, the tears reality. connection. And there were they had figured out mouths uh, in, into the world, which, by the way, that's why there's still eldritch powers and stuff during Avum Secunda and also some fiends and stuff as a result. But what's happening, what was happening was there were some known caves or entrances uh, nearby, you know, in like the 20 miles or whatever around the edge of the Imperial City. But I think they burrowed new ones. The, 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 maybe the, the whispers, um, or were the whispers? So, so the whispers and the nameless are the, the void rates. Yeah. They're the, they're the cults that the acolytes, they're the cult. Yeah. yeah. And then the void rates. So maybe they were involved or whatever. The void rates were most likely manipulating the whispers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they burrowed, they, they burrowed new holes, bored new holes through the bones of reality into the materium, uh, to allow for, with tears as guidance, because tears knows how the Osteos work. Dude, what if there's literally parts of the city where it was like the bones of reality were like so thin that it was actually more like a um, you had not sappers, but like uh, siege engineers or the equivalent yeah. uh, where like collapse these specific structures and the and, and reality itself will crumble in on itself and allow for an open maw of just like activity to swarm out. And they had like a few of those across the city. Yeah. And it was only from Aquila's like abstaining from the blood orgy <laughs> of, of like, I'm not a part of this to see what was going on outside and like actually noticing, Hey, this shit's going down everywhere. You guys need to listen to me. Reality is about to break open and we have almost no time to prepare. They're going to take like the spire. 
Dude, this book writes itself, man. I feel like there's some fucking Mistborn level shit yep. going on here about writing about this. Fuck. Okay, that's really good. So, so I think that's where they were hiding. Yes. So what famous heroes and villains were there? The Void Wraiths, very famous mm-hmm. villains. Um, mm-hmm. Tears was involved, yes. Um, Aquila pro- up, and Tiri were there. Uh, with A prelude to the Nine. Yep. yep. Prelude to the Nine. Muse was there in some shape or form, though the angels yeah. were not. Right. Um, I, think, I think there might have been an angel. Like, that yeah. was the... Uh, sort of like the assistant. I'm, I'm just kind of always, always imagining that like there was an angel that was assisting Tiri in her work and stuff. And she'd have other laborers yeah. and stuff, but like specifically who had been with her since kind of the beginning and they had been working Who's together. I can imagine them. Yes. I can imagine them being present. Well, yeah, no, definitely not. Gade. Yeah, Gade, but Gade is ascended. What about, what about um, the dusks? Were there any dusks present? That's a good question. I'm not sure. It's possible that our ver- the Vergale might have been there. This is a lot of strife. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't remember enough about Vergale. Vergale was sure. the desk of strife. Yeah. Though, yeah. So I, we know that that one dusk is in or um Orcon- uh, not Orconus, um, Orun. So mm-hmm. we know that another one is in. Oh no, you said Orun. Yeah, okay, that's yeah. what I was. Vergale yeah. was involved with Oberiska. Because yes. Vergale had to leave. I remember that much. I remember because yeah, she, because uh, they felt their their end coming, and they're they're turning into a dusk. Yes, and so I think that the spot the destruction of the spider of peace might be something that this the dusk of strife wants. So it's entirely possible mm-hmm. that they are there. Yes. Well, and also remember, I think Vergale is Vergale the dusk, or is Vergale the archangel that came before the dusk? Vergale is most likely the archangel that came before the dusk. Okay, so whatever they became afterwards, yeah. like they 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 transmogrified into <laughs> the being that their, was previously the ending known of their yes, <laughs> the, 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 <laughs> that's that's good. The dusk previously known as Vergale. Fuck, man, I think we should probably just call it. Um, right. I was gonna ask a question. Okay, I'll just make that my lore bit. But we'll yeah. What was your lore? Uh, bit? The last thing I want to say before we the lore bit is that, um. What happened over time was that the Nameless One fully corrupted the Spire. It became not mm-hmm. the Spire of Peace, but the Spire of Strife. Mm-hmm. This led to a lot of problems. This led to, one of the, this led to the destruction or the, like, tr- the flipping sides of one of the nine. You know, the, mm-hmm. And that led to them to becoming the seven, if you remember. Yes. yes. Because the, one, the, the nine... The, murder of one, death of another as a result yeah. of the murder. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So yes, that's the fallout, that's what happened, and then the destruction, eventually, of the Spire of Peace, and it's rebuilding. Also, thought, yeah. I think that this might also be responsible indirectly for the creation of the Spans. I don't know okay. if the Spans were uh, a thing that actually was happening your before. Lord I, 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 uh, <laughs> I, and it, it wasn't. Okay. I, I, fuck, man, maybe it has to be. Um, I was just going to say, I think, I think that maybe... When the spire fully became corrupted, yes. that's when uh, the the god said, like, basically, never again. Like, up until that point, I think that the towers, because they had, quote-unquote, victory after the first in, uh, battle of the Riven, you know, this is when they started to cultivate, like, okay, so we need people to protect them. Yeah, we need protect But it was still mortals. And maybe there were some angels or whatever, or god activity, but it wasn't, um, or regent activity, but it wasn't, like, it was people reaching to the heavens, not the heavens reaching down to the mortals. After that point, it was it was like God sealing off the Garden of Eden um, and saying, like, you can't find it anymore. You can't come here because this is where, like, my, you know, the tree of life resides or whatever. Don't forget. Don't forget um, Ashwin and the whole. Um... The Spire of Will and all that, because the, there's that yeah. country around it and all that. Oh, yeah, yeah and to be clear, the countries around yeah. the Spire still exist, but there's very thick and interminable, like, um, almost impossible to... It, it, what I was looking for was impenetrable. <laughs> impenetrable spans of, of great complexity that even, like, archdemons don't necessarily know how to Only navigate. black dragons. Well, the chosen, the chosen of the gods can... Um, can allow it. But remember, this is maybe the key, Avum Tertius 
is uh, uh, Ashwin's story takes place during Avum Tertius before the spans get created. I'm imagining this happens right at the end of Avum Tertius okay. as a response at the destruction to of the, the full corruption oh, the full of corruption. the Strife okay. Spire. Yes, of the Strife okay. Spire. And then they're like, okay, never again. Okay. Create spans, maybe like using the last of our power or something. You know, and that that thus ends the age of legends because the gods expend tremendous amount of magical energy to create cease, spans. That, that stops the world thing. Yes. Okay. And the spans, of course, create more spans and more spans because that's not a perfect solution yeah, or something. They're like spanners. That. This is the way it has to be. Yeah, I think I think that that's probably is that your lore bit. I think that's basically my lore okay. bit. Yeah, my lore bit is I think I think that Aquila and those that. Uh, stopped being vampires were the first dampir. What's a dampir? Uh, a dampir I'm... is a kind of half vampire, half mortal. Oh, aren't they kind of like they're like they're? You haven't checked out the new Gothic, um, arc arc um, unearthed arcana, the Gothic subraces. No. There's also Feywild no. subraces. We have fairies. Dude, I haven't looked at anything five E in so long, man. Dude, we have fairies and like unliving or like undead is very interesting stuff but oh cool okay but yeah, the dampiers yeah, are like half vampire okay yeah sure i like that idea yeah so they still have the de the, the, the desire for blood but they don't need it to survive mm -hmm. right so that's well it. that's cool yeah. um that's, that's fucking great I love it. Uh, shit, man. There's some good shit in here. Thanks for the question, Gonzo Black Panda. That was, uh, was, that was a very productive episode. Was. We learned a lot. It was thick. Um, filled with content. Yeah. So thanks for letting us be your escape. Right? Yeah. If, yeah, if you forgot your worries and you want to make others forgetful, we're on every podcasting service known to humankind. So don't be greedy. Share us with your friends. Did we discuss something that was confusing as hell? Of course we did. Frank... You and me both know this was confusing for many people. But that's okay. Because we are here to help ease your confusion. Chances are there's some context in the podcast description. So go there, check the record of the Lorekeeper. There's always some great stuff in there that can help ease that confusion and dispel any more confusion might have. You can also explore the subreddit or reach us at the Lord Keepers on Twitter or email us at lorekeeperspodcast at gmail.com for questions or things you'd like to hear in future episodes. Thanks as always to Josh Silker for his composition of Land of Heroes, the Lord Keepers theme. And of course, thanks to Sam Wade for uh, creation of the album art, which fucking rules. You can reach her at, uh, you can see her stuff at by Sam Wade on Instagram. Until next time, don't forget, there are always more battles to fight. More bones of reality to break open. More questions to answer. Yep. Yeah, thanks so again. Finally, of course, of course, of course. Finally, finally, finally. Thanks so much to Gonzo Black Panda for the question. Fantastic. Uh, uh, really good sources of, of inspiration there. Um, Thanks for contributing to the canon. Bye, everyone. Bye.